stories three and four of st andrew's ghost stories by william thomas linskill this librivox recording is in the public domain story three a haunted manor house and the duel at st andrew's or the old brown witch this can hardly be termed a st andrew's ghost story but it is so remarkably strange and weird that i have been specially requested to add it to the series and there is an allusion to st andrew's in it after all several years ago we had in the golf club at cambridge a russian prince who took up golf and the question of spirits bogies witches banshees death warnings and the like equally strongly he was a firm disbeliever in all of them and belonged to a phantasmological research society to inquire into and expose all such things i frequently have long letters from him from all sorts of remote parts of the world where he is investigating tales of haunted houses churchyards and so on but from this his last letter he seems to have contrived to meet a genuine and very unpleasant sort of spectre of course i suppress all names xx manor february 1905 dear w t l well here i am actually in a really haunted manor house at last and i have had a most horribly weird and uncanny experience of a most loathsome appearance i have been here a fortnight now such a queer great old house all turrets and towers and damp wings covered with ivy and creepers and such small narrow windows it is on a slight elevation and has in bygone days had a moat around it it is surrounded by dense woods and there is a black-looking lake at the back the staircases are all stone and very narrow and there is an old chapel and a coffin room in the house in the garden in a yew avenue is a vault and a tombstone and thereby hangs my curious tale it seems that centuries ago a very unpleasant old widow lady and a very unpleasant son had the old house she was a very ugly and eccentric creature and a miser and was nicknamed by the village folk the brown witch the tales about her ongoings told to this day are most remarkable it seems her son who according to all accounts was a shocking bad lot was killed in a duel and the old lady died shortly afterwards a raving maniac she seems to have left a very curious will i deal with only two details in it one was that the chamber in which she lived and died was forever to be left untouched and undisturbed but unlocked or the disturber would be cursed with instant blindness and ultimately death the second was that she was to be buried in the vault in the yew avenue that she had specially made for her remains that she was to be dressed in her usual clothes and bonnet and that she must be placed in a tightly sealed glass coffin so as to be visible to any intruder my host told me the chamber or the vault in the grounds had never been interfered with but that her appearances had been very frequent to most credible witnesses and that such appearances all portended some dire calamity to some one she had appeared and terrified many visitors both in the house and in the grounds she had also been seen by the village pastor and by the servants 
he had never seen her himself but he had taken every measure he could think of to unravel the mystery but in vain the outdoor servants were terrified and would never remain and one lady visitor had been nearly driven mad by seeing her peering in at the window at dusk of course i laughed the tale to scorn and also the story of the alarm bell which told at intervals without any apparent or human agency not even the bravest would dare to walk down the yew avenue after nightfall well i had been ten days in the house before anything happened i must say the wind and the rats and owls and bats and the tapping noise of the ivy on the old windows at night were rather creepy but nothing really out of the common happened till the other night my room was in a long narrow old gallery after cards and billiards and at about twelve thirty i was going off to my well-earned rest and was getting near my door in the gallery when i saw a faint light coming towards me round a corner i went into my room and waited to see who was wandering about so late at night then a figure stopped at my door evidently carrying a lighted old lantern i raised my candle to have an inspection and then oh horror i staggered back for a moment for before me clearly stood the horrible figure of the old brown witch a cold sweat broke out all over me far far worse than the description i saw her brown robe and the poke bonnet the horrible face the huge black sockets of the eyes without eyeballs the nose gone and worst of all that fearful grin the cruel grin of a maniac a wicked terrible face i opened my drawer and seized my always loaded revolver i shouted loudly and fired once twice thrice she never moved only the horrible mocking smile grew wider and more devilish i rushed forward slammed my door to shut out the awful sight and then collapsed back into a chair i must have hit it each time for certain an offensive charnel-house smell pervaded the air then the door flew open and my host and several men and servants rushed into the room anxiously asking what was the matter and why i fired i told them everything we found the three bullet shots in the wall opposite my door they must have passed through that abominable horror need i say i spent a wretched night in fact i sat up and never went to bed at all i resolved to leave next day early but before doing that i determined at all hazards to go into that vault and see what it contained and also to carefully investigate the brown witch's chamber without disturbing anything in it i told my host next day at breakfast what i proposed doing and he offered no objection whatever but declined absolutely to go near the vault or chamber himself or to let any of his household do so oh by the by did you ring the alarm bell in the tower last night he asked me it was the sound of your shots and the great bell ringing immediately afterwards that brought me along so quickly to your room we all heard it i told him i knew nothing of it and never even heard the bell i thought that he said for you were nearly off in a faint when we all came in and hardly knew us for a bit i can't make out the bell said my host or what on earth can make it ring so it has no rope and it cannot possibly be the wind i must have it removed 
last time it rung loudly like that my old housekeeper was found dead in her bed in the morning to make a long story short the next thing i did was to get a couple of laborers to shovel away the earth and find the lid of the old vault in the yew avenue this was soon done and we quickly descended into the place with lights we found ourselves in a large-built clammy chamber and on the floor lay a tattered and broken old lantern at first we thought the chamber was empty but all of a sudden we noticed a niche at one end and at once went forward to it in this singular alcove was a large glass box or coffin standing on its end and in it and standing upright was the horrible eyeless mummy still arrayed in the brown robe and poke bonnet of the terrible creature i had seen in the gallery and with the same mocking grinning mouth and the huge ugly teeth the same smell i have told you of before pervaded the whole place she was hermetically sealed up in this ghastly glass coffin and preserved we were all very glad to leave that charnel house and cover it up out of sight but not out of memory that would be perfectly impossible to any of us i can't get that smell out of my nose yet it would sicken you next i went to the chamber with a friend and my bicycle lantern to investigate it was up a long narrow stone stair the old oak door it was unlocked as i said before soon yielded to our combined efforts and creaked open and we stood in a room of the middle ages the old shutters were tightly closed the ceiling which had once been handsomely painted was rapidly falling away and the tapestry was rotting off the walls it had evidently once been a splendid apartment but now it was given up to rats and moths and spiders and damp it chilled one to the very marrow and it had that same horrible smell there was a four-poster bed in one corner with rags and shreds of curtains probably where the old creature had died the tables and chairs were covered with the dust of ages there was no carpet of any kind an old spinet stood against the wall and papers were lying all over the place inches deep in dust a few charred logs of wood lay in the gaping old fireplace with its old-time chimney corners and there seemed to be bits of valuable old china and bric-a-brac about the place many pictures had fallen off the walls but a few faded pencil drawings were still in their places just guess my surprise and astonishment when i found they were scottish views one of edinburgh one of crail church and three of st andrews including the old college and chapel the castle and st leonard's college with date sixteen seventy six here was another most curious thing i determined to ask about before i left however i touched nothing in the room as i had promised my host and besides you will laugh i had no wish to be stricken with the brown witch's promised curse of blindness and ultimate death to any intruder who touched her things i dreaded her far too much since i had seen her in the gallery and in her tomb and heard of her bewitched alarm bell which portended death to some one before i left i mentioned the scottish drawings in the witch's room to my host and asked him if he could throw any light on how they came there 
briefly it seems that she the witch sent her son far away in those old days to a scottish university and st andrews was her choice it seems he was very quarrelsome in his cups and frequently fought duels and generally proved the victor one of the last he fought at sochip stone near crail with a nephew of the laird of balcomy castle and they fought with broadsword and buckler and again the witch's son killed his man his last duel was fought on st andrew's sands with rapiers and he was run through the heart a good job now i must conclude i am determined to investigate further the whole most mysterious affair if you ever visit this place my host mr blank says he will let you explore the vault in the yew avenue and see the coffin and the old witch and you may also go and look at the chamber if you ever do take the advice of an old friend and do not dare to touch anything therein your old friend to command End of story three story four the apparition of the prior of pittenham it was in september eighteen seventy five that i first met dear old captain chester now gone to his rest and it was very many years before that date that he rented his fearsomely haunted old house in st andrews i was a cambridge boy when i met him how the undergraduates scorn that term boy he told me the following queer tales in the Popeldorf Avenue at Bonn when I was on holiday. The house he rented at St. Andrews, from his account, must have been a most unpleasant and eerie dwelling. Rappings and hammerings were heard all over the house after nightfall, trembling of the walls, quiverings, heavy falls, and ear-piercing shrieks were also part of the nightly program i suggested bats rats owls and smugglers as the cause which made the old man perfectly wild with rage and caused him to use most unparliamentary language i pointed out that such language would probably have scared away any respectable ghost however let me tell the story in his own peculiar way my brother and i took the house sir he said and we had a nephew and some nieces with us there were also three middle-aged english servants at the time and gadsooth sir they had strange names the cook possessed the extraordinary name of maria trombone the housemaid was called jemima podge and the other old cat was called teresa shadbolt one evening i was sitting smoking in my study when the door flew open with a bang and maria rushed in zounds mrs trombone i said how dare you come into my room like this well sir she said there are awful things going on to-night i'm frighted to death i was washing up please sir when something rushed past me with a rustle and i got a great smack on the cheek with a damp cold hand and then the place shook and all the things clattered like nothing nonsense trombone i said you were asleep or have you been drinking eh? lor bless you sir no never a drop but last night sir teresa shadbolt had all the bedclothes pulled off her bed twice sir and jane said a tall old man in a queer dressing-gown came into her room and brushed his white beard over her face and lord sir didn't you hear her a-screamin no i'm hanged if i did you must be stark staring mad you know 
not a bit of us master continued mrs trombone there is something wrong about this blessed house locked doors and windows fly wide open and the bells keep ringing at all hours of the night and we hear steps on the stairs when every one is in bed and knocks and crashes and screams then the tables and things go moving about no christian could put up with it please sir we must all leave well i got all those women up and they told me deuced queer things but i squared them up at last how i inquired i doubled their wages sir and i told them they might all sleep in one room upstairs together and i promised them a real good blow-out at christmas and so on next my nephew and little nieces saw the old man with the long white beard at various times in the passages and on the stairs oddly enough my little nieces got quite accustomed to see the aged man with the grey beard and were not a bit timid they said he was just like the pictures of old father christmas and he looked kind i never saw him continued chester till one all hallows night or halloween as they termed it at st andrews but i will speak of that later on go on i said it is very interesting indeed to me the servants all saw him at times and that old arch-fiend trombone was constantly getting frightened and breaking things and fainting i was myself annoyed by strange unearthly sounds when sitting smoking at night late there were curious rollings and rumblings under the house like enormous stone balls being bowled along then a heavy thud followed by intolerable silence then there was a curious sound like muffled blinds being quickly drawn up and down that and a sort of flapping and rustling seemed to pervade the air this perplexed me and i got in a detective but he found out nothing at all after much trouble and research i learned of the legend of the prior of pittism and his connection with the old house it seems when moray and his gang of plunderers shut up st monnet's church and the old priory of pittiswim the last prior not foreman or rowles a very old man was cut adrift and for some months lay hidden at newark castle food being brought him by some former monks newark castle was burned and this old prior fled to balcomy castle from there he went to kinkle cave near st andrews i know all those places well i said after some weeks and when winter came he took refuge in the very old house in which i lived he seems to have been among both friends and foes there and brawls were quite common things within those walls one night those long dead and forgotten old-world inhabitants were startled from their slumbers by shots the clashing of arms and wild yells to make a long tale short that old prior of pittenham was never seen by human eyes after that fearful night many suspected foul play but in those times it was deemed best to keep one's mouth shut tight and what mattered it if an old prior disappeared they were awful times those i said glad we live in these days well now said the captain i must come to the night of all halloween or holy even when the spirits of the night are said to wander abroad we dined early in those days and after dinner i walked down to an old club-house in golf place of which i was an honourable member to play cards it was a perfect night and a few flakes of snow had begun to fall and the wind was keen and sharp 
when i left the club later the ground was well covered with snow but the storm had ceased and the moon and stars were shining bright in a clear sky by jove sir it was like a fairyland and all the church towers and housetops were glittering in the moonbeams i wandered about the old place for fully an hour it was lovely i was reluctant to go indoors gad sir i got quite sad and poetical i thought of my poor sister who died long ago and is buried in stefano rodundo in rome and lots of other things then i thought of st andrews as it is and what it might have been i thought of all its holy temples erected by our pious forefathers and its altars and statues lying desolate ruined and profaned at last i arrived at my own door and entered in a thoughtful mood i went to my study and put on my slippers and dressing-gown i had just sat down and commenced reading when there came a most tremendous shivering crash i involuntarily cowered down i thought the roof had fallen at least gad sir i was flabbergasted it woke every one the crash was followed by a roaring sound it must have been an earthquake captain chester i said zounds sir i don't know what it was i thought i was killed then my nephew and i got a lamp and examined the house everything was right nothing to account for the fearful noise finally we went downstairs to the vaulted kitchens zounds sir all of a sudden my nephew gripped my arm and with a cry of abject terror pointed to the open kitchen door oh look there look there he almost screamed i looked and gad i got a queer turn there facing us in the open doorway was a very tall shaven-headed old man with a long gray beard he had a white robe or cassock on a linen rocket and above all an almus or cloak of black hue lined with ermine the augustinian habit in one hand he held a very large rosary and he leant on a stout cudgel as i advanced he retreated backwards always beckoning to me and i followed lamp in hand i had to follow could not help myself do you know the way a serpent can fascinate or hypnotize its prey before it devours them oh yes i said i have seen the snakes at the zoo do that trick well sir i was hypnotized like that precisely like that he beckoned and i followed suddenly i saw a little door in the corner of the kitchen standing open a door i had never noticed before the shadowy vision backed towards it still i followed then he entered its portals as i advanced he grew more and more transparent and finally melted away and the heavy door shut upon him with a tremendous crash and rattle the lamp fell from my trembling hand and was shattered to fragments on the stone floor i was in pitch darkness silence reigned i don't remember how i got to the light again next morning early i got in some workmen and took them down to the kitchen direct to the corner where the door was through which the apparition vanished the previous night zounds sir there was no door there only the white plastered wall i was dumbfounded mrs trombone i said to the cook where the devil is that door gone the door sir said the cook there ain't no door there that i ever saw trombone i replied don't tell falsehoods you're a fool 
i made the men set to work and tear down the plaster and stuff and egad sir in an hour we found the door a thick oak nail-studded iron-clamped old door it took some time to force it open and then down three steps we found ourselves in a chamber with mighty thick walls and with a flagged floor about six feet square lit by a small slit of a window tear up the flags i said they did so and there was only earth below dig down i said dig like thunder in about an hour we came to a huge flag with a ring in it up it came and below it was a dry-built bottle-shaped well we went down with lights what do you think we found at the bottom of it perhaps uh, water i suggested water be damned said captain chester we found the mouldering skeleton of a very tall man in a sitting posture beside him lay a large rosary and a stout oak cudgel the rosary and cudgel i had seen in the phantom's hand the previous night my friend i had solved the problem that was the skeleton of the old prior of pittenham who vanished in that house hundreds of years ago End of story four.